0: What, our scripture passage is going to be, um, we're going to continue in our series in the in the Gospel of Luke, um, and we're going to be looking at Luke, verses, Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. So follow along with me um, as I read here, Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold... Even your relative, Elizabeth, has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. A very familiar passage. Uh, But God has some wonderful truths here, um, as we'll see. Um, When we have a plan in mind to do something... um, we, we make plans to see what that pla- see that, that plan is carried out. So we set timetables, we prepare, we do what we need to do in order to make sure that the plan that we have in mind, or the plan that we have focused, or the plan that we're thinking of, is going to be carried out. So we'll write things down, we'll make details, we'll uh, carry out what we need to do, uh, we'll make phone calls, we'll write letters, we'll do what we need to do, we'll make preparations in order to make sure that that plan that we have in mind will be carried out. Well, God has a purpose and plan in mind as well. From all eternity that he perfectly prepared for and is executing with perfect precision. Along the way, he has He has a plan and he has a purpose and he has people that he's using and preparing in order for that plan to be carried out and to be executed to a precise detail in time and um, and execution and so we're, we're going to see here this morning is is that we're going to see that god's purpose and god's plan which was from all eternity is going to be carried out um, it's one step further and it's going to be carried out in perfect detail and perfect timing and perfect plan uh, through his messengers and through his people uh, who are willing and obedient to carry out and do what he says to do and this It's going to be through his angels, and then through his child, um, and through his children, and in this case, Mary. So we're going to see a perfect plan carried out here this morning. We have three points that I want to cover here this morning. Number one was, he was was sent from God. The angel said to her. um, And then thirdly, and Mary said. So the first thing is that we see here was sent from God and this is really important. Now remember God has a purpose God has a plan in mind with God nothing ever happens happens dance it doesn't just willy nilly okay um, something happens God there's always something that God has purposed and God perfectly carries that out now here's the same case look at verse and. and now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. In the sixth month. That means the sixth month of um, Elizabeth's birth. We talked about that last week. That was the sixth month of Elizabeth's birth. Now prior to this, and this is really important for us to understand. Prior to this, how many of us know the last book of the Bible? The last book of the Bible is Malachi. Malachi. Malachi was written 400 years prior to the birth of Christ. So there was, no, there was silence from the time of Malachi until the time when Elizabeth, when God came to Zechariah and told him that he, would be, he, he, would, he and Elizabeth would have a child, a son called John, who would be the forerunner to Jesus. So prior to that, there had, there had been silence by God For 400 years. Not that God hadn't spoken to people, but biblical silence. In other words, there was no scripture that was written prior, during that whole time frame. That's a long, long time. That's like 150 years longer than we've been a nation. So think about that. That's a long time. So, but now God's time, but God did that purposely. God, there was a purpose and a reason there because his timing was at the right moment, at the right time in history, in time and space, God was going to carry out and finish and fulfill his plan. His plan had been, he'd been doing his plan all along, but then there was a gap of 400 years where God was silent. That was still a part of his plan, and now he's fulfilling that plan and now we saw how he did it with Zachariah and Elizabeth. And now the, uh, a major part of that plan is through his child who was, uh, was going to be used by her, his bondslave servant, Mary. So, and this is really, 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 really important um, because God uses people of his own choosing to carry out his own purpose and his plan. Not, and this is an important point not just for their own good, not for their own benefit, but just, not only for their own benefit, but for the benefit of many. And not for that just in that time and space, but for, for generations and times and seasons that will go on for, for, and throughout all eternity. So, and we, and, we, and we need to think about that in, ta- in terms of our own thinking. Because when God answers prayers for us, when God does things in our life, there's a purpose and a reason, not just to help us in that moment, it is to help us in that moment and to fulfill His purpose and plan, but it's not only just to help us, but it's also going to have an effect on others, and it's going to affect His church, for um, not only for that moment, but for all eternity. So, And we need to look at it in that mindset. What God does is just not for the moment, but what God does is for all eternity. And there's a purpose and there's a plan. So we need to think beyond time and space in this little moment right here. And we need to look at the eternity of the bigger picture that God wants to accomplish and God wants to do. And so that's what's happening here this morning. Now, God sent an angel. And the angel's name was What? Gabriel. Okay, so we hear about Gabriel, and Gabriel, and we said, Gabriel was sent from God. So, we look about, if you read, I'm not going to go to the verse, but you can can look this up. In in Hebrews chapter 1, it talks about the role of angels and, and and God's economy of things and God's way of doing things. It looks at the role of angels, and it says that, Um, Angels are messengers of God. In other words, they're there to do what God has asked them to do. And so in this role, what was Gabriel's role here? Gabriel's role was to be a messenger to whom? To Mary. To explain to her the purpose and the plan that God was going to accomplish. That God was going to bring about, that God was going to do. So the angel was being what? Was being obedient to what God had sent him to do, which was to go give Mary the message. And this message it was a pretty profound message. And so people have to be very reliable. People have to be very, um, uh, you, can, you have to trust, be able to trust them, if you give them a the message that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And they're going to accomplish what you sent them to accomplish. Because you're not going to send an unreliable messenger. You're not going to send someone that you can't trust. To do what you've asked him to do. So God God obviously trusted Gabriel with a tremendous, absolutely um, mind-boggling message to whom? To Mary. And And he fulfills it. And he fulfills it in exact detail. He doesn't make accommodations and say, well, what if she, God, what if she doesn't accept it? Well he doesn't do that. He doesn't make improv- imp- he doesn't improvise in what he's told to do. He does what he says he's supposed to do and he fulfills and he carries out that plan perfectly. And he goes to Mary. Now Mary, what we know about Mary is Mary is probably I don't know there's some they say between 15 and 16 years old here. So she's a young she's a young uh, teenage uh, woman here. And so we see here, well, but, but think about this. In our culture, we look at people like from 13 to 19 as teenagers. We did. Well, in the Jewish culture, a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah are when the child becomes an adult. That's the celebration of the rite of passage for that child to become into an adult world where they, okay, this is where they become adult. So Mary would have been considered, in a Jewish culture, she would have been considered, what, an adult. Because that's the way they looked at it, that's that whole rite of passage, as an adult. We've lost a lot of that in our culture here, and, you know, in our modern society. But, um, so here she is, and what does the angel say to her? This is really, 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 really important. Um Nazareth. To a virgin, okay, we'll first look at this. To a virgin, verse 27, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. So, we see a virgin, in other words, she hadn't um, had any relations with any man at this point. And um, so, um, and, but she was engaged. And that type of engagement was where they were really considered actually married. So it, was, it wasn't just an engagement like we have today. Uh, But it was actually considered where they were actually married. Um, And so, um, and we see here that um, his name was Joseph. And uh, what we know about Joseph, Joseph was older um, than Mary. And uh, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And we see here that Mary was... Of the descendants of who? Of David. Where was the Messiah supposed to come from? Of the descendants of who? David. So we see here that God's plan and God's purpose will be fulfilled according to his word, according to his plan, according to his purpose. So he's going to be of the descendants in the line of David. So uh, this is going to be pretty special because God um, is going to do something here that no one could have anticipated, no one could even looked at, even though it was uh, predicted long ago. But let's look at this. Let's look at the scripture passage. If you have your in your Bibles, let's look at Isaiah chapter seven, verse fourteen. It says, "Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel." Wait, like we sang this morning, oh, "Come, oh, come, Emmanuel." And so Emmanuel means what? God with us. That's what that name means. Emmanuel, God is with us. In other words, the very presence of God is with us. And so the child that Mary is going to bear is going to be what? Who? It's going to be God, absolutely. God God, uh, and spirit in one person. God and man in 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 the form of one person. Not 50% man, not 50% God, but 100% God and 100% man. And that's hard to fathom. And And let me just say this point here. This is the point that separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. And every other false religion, every other cult. Because every other false religion, every other cult in the world does not acknowledge that Jesus was fully God and fully man in that same person. It will not acknowledge it. Will not. Say Jesus was a good man, Jesus was a prophet, but he was not God. And scripture tells us that Jesus, the child that will be born of Mary, will be fully God and fully man. Emmanuel, what? God with us. So he was fully man and fully God. Fully man knowing that he experiences the things that we experience in our flesh. As a person. And fully God, being He's He has all the power and the authority as God uh, in the person of who He is as Jesus. I, I mean, it's more elaborate than that. It's more I, I can't. There's there's been volumes and volumes and volumes written on that. I can't begin to explain that in a in a in a brief in a brief sermon. But the reality is is that that's the essential truth of our gospel message of our of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why so many people have struggled with Christianity, because they cannot accept that God will come down and take on the form of a person, and be dwelled in a person, and that he would be the way to God the Father. Well, let's go on here. In verse 28, And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. So here it is, this big angel... Well, we don't know how big he is. We don't know. I mean, we have pictures and ideas, but we don't know exactly how tall the angel appeared to be. I'm sure he was pretty imposing, but um, the reality was he was a stranger that Mary had never seen before and was an angel, and I'm sure she recognized that he was an angel. And what was his first words out of his mouth? Greetings. In other words, salutations. Like, it was a favorable... Greeting, like whenever you come into somebody's presence or you meet somebody, you can either you can tell whether or not how they're going to receive you by the salutation or the, the greeting that they give you. Can you? you can tell what kind of mood they're in? You can tell what kind of um, uh, disposition they have by the by the words that come out of their mouth, or by their body language, or by the way they present themselves when you first see them. Can you? You can. And so the reality is. Is that the angel came to her with a, with a favorable greetings. Like, okay, Mary, this is going to be okay. Like it was favorable. You who are highly favored. What a wonderful greeting to be, to get, from an angel. You're highly favored. Now what, what, how many of us would like to hear that from God? I know we would, but you know what? The reality is, we are. We all are, according to His Word. We're all highly favored in God's eyes. We are, and I think. But we often don't. We hear that we often don't realize that that we're highly favored in God's eyes. But Mary needed to hear that because here she was. She had never seen an angel before. That, not that we know of, and. We, she hears, and she hears what the angel has to say. Greetings, you who are highly favored. So she was special in the eyes of God. She was special, and she was going to receive something special from God. And, and that's, I think, the way we need to look at even us, even in our own lives, is that when the God looks at us as being uh, favored, highly favored, and he has given us something special already, what? In the person of his son, Jesus Christ, in our lives. And that they, and we look at Christmas time as a time of getting gifts and giving gifts and and that is special. But the great we already have the greatest gift that there is. And what is what is that greatest gift? That greatest gift is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ living and dwelling inside of us. You couldn't ask for a greater gift than that. That's something that nobody can ever take away. You know how sometimes you get a gift and then somebody takes it back? Well, the gift that we have is the gift of salvation, the gift of His Holy Spirit inside of us. And nobody's ever going to take that away because we're favored and we're special. What? In the eyes of Him. But let's go on here. It says. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. So she couldn't quite, quite figure it out. She knew it, was a positive, she knew it was a positive greeting, it was a positive salutation, it was a positive approach to her. But in her own mind, she had never seen this before. She said, well, what does this mean? Well, what's going on here? What's going to happen? And I'm sure she had no anticipation in her mind that scripture in Isaiah um, 7.14, I'm sure didn't come across her mind. I'm sure she wasn't thinking about that. But she was trying to figure it out, but she was open to whatever that greeting was. Whatever that message was, whatever that situation was, she was open to it. But she was still, nonetheless, I don't know. It's not that she had doubt, but she was just trying to figure things out. So often we do that too, right? When when God um, has a message for us or when God tries to speak to us, we try and figure that out. And sometimes we don't always understand it, do we? I know I don't. Sometimes God wants to speak to us and we don't always know what He's saying. I mean, God wants to speak to us and give us that which is right and good in our lives, but we don't always understand. Uh, when God speaks to us, we don't always understand what that is, do we? I know I don't. But God wants us to understand and He's going to show us how to... Receive and understand what he wants for us. Um, The angel said to her, verse thirty: "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God." So he's trying to allay her fears. He's trying to calm her fears. He says, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God." And at that moment, Mary didn't Mary's fear, you know, know, her, 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 maybe her worry about what, 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 what is this? was calmed down because she heard that the calm and toning voice of the angel was, do not worry, Mary. Do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God. It's going to be okay, Mary. It's going to be okay. We got this in control. I got this in control. And what God was saying was, you know, I got this worked out, Mary. I know what I'm doing. I got, God's got a plan here. God's got a purpose. And it's a good plan. It's a good purpose. And to think about, you know, and I I always reminded this verse, and i always reminded of, you know, with Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. For I know know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Memorize that verse. Hide that verse in your heart. Because that's the truth. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. You know when Jeremiah wrote that? Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And because Jeremiah's life, because he gave a message to God's people, but God's people wouldn't receive it. And often God, Jeremiah was rejected. But even in the midst of that, God, Jeremiah still spoke a positive message of hope and encouragement in me. And that's the same way it is with us. Even though sometimes we go through challenges and difficulties and hardships. God has a positive message and he has a positive plan for us. But we sometimes lose because we're in the midst of the, we're in the midst of the struggle. We're in the midst of the, the difficulty. And we're in the midst of things that are challenging. And we can't see the greater plan and the greater purpose that God has. But we have to know and we have to understand. And we have to receive it in our hearts. Even though maybe we don't understand that God's purpose and God's plan is good. Whether we can see the full picture or not. God's purpose and God's plan is good. And we have to trust Him for that. We have to trust Him for that. And it's so important, folks. Even in the midst of our trials, even in the midst of our difficulties. Because what does the scripture say? It says in, in, in Romans 8, it says, For He works all things together for good, for those who love God and those who are called what? According to his purpose. His purpose. Not our purpose, but his purpose. Let's go on here. It says, And behold, and this is like the most, probably the most, one of the most profound messages that could ever be found. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. You know what the name Jesus means? It means He will save His people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. We see that in the Gospel of Matthew, um, and as but we see here that God, even in Jesus' name, His name has purpose and has meaning in it. And I was, I, I like names, I like the the meaning of names, and I like because my name means God is gracious, and I always God reminds me how He's gracious He's been in my life. And so the reality here is that God has purpose even in the name of Jesus, isn't it? Because if Jesus' name says, speaks to what he is going to do, what he came to do, was to save his people from their sins and reconcile them back to God, bring them back to God in a right relationship with him. And he will be great. Look, look at what God has said He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. In other words, he will be great. In other words, he's going to be a person of stature. In other words, he's going to be a person of character. He's going to be a person of notoriety. He's going to have position. And when we think of somebody that's going to be great, we're thinking of like a king or a political person, a prime minister or a prince or a royal person. And we think, wow, look at them. But but in this mindset, that Jesus' greatness goes beyond what any earthly greatness could be pictured as. Jesus, We look at earthly greatness in a limited sense. God's eyes of greatness is, is so much grander and so much more so than that. And it says, um, And the Lord God will give, you, give him his throne of his father David. So he's going to give him an earthly throne? Absolutely not. He's going to give him a throne which, over the kingdom of God. Not an earthly throne, but an eternal throne. A throne that's over all the universe, over all eternity. That his throne is going to be king of kings and lord of lords. And he's not only just a physical son of David, but he is the eternal son of God. Who, rule, who will rule and reign over all eternity, and he'll rule and reign over all of God's creation. And all that God has made, and all that God is doing. So, How great a privilege is that for Mary. Could you imagine that when she heard that? Wow. Here she was highly favored, and I'm sure she didn't imagine or couldn't even have thought or even brought that up in her own mind conjured that up in her own mind what God was going to do. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God prepared for those who love Him no eye has seen, no, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Mary couldn't have conceived, Mary, I mean, Mary couldn't have hurt, uh, even perceived in her mind, couldn't even have, with her eyes or even with her ears, what God was going to do through her as a person and how God was going to use her. And so often we don't even think about, I think for you know. us, how God wants to use us. Who's a little old me? Mary's a little old me, here I am a young girl, 15, 16 years old. And God wants to use me. Here I am older. Here I am whatever age we are. And God wants to use me? Yes, he wants to use each one of us. And do we have significance? And do we have purpose? Absolutely. What we, does what we do matter? Absolutely. In the course of eternity, what we do matters. Every little thing, every little um, thing matters in the course of time. There's a song, um, Caleb loves, Caleb loves this the song, where it says, it, it's even in the little things, even in the little things, that God can use us and to do greater things. And we don't even think they're significant, but in reality... They are. And so, um, because we look at the light of all eternity, it comes out and it turns out that what those little things do is they have to bigger things someday and greater things. Because without those little steps in between, there's no greater things. But let's go on here. So we see here that he's going to be of the son of the throne of David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and his king will have no end. So he's going to rule over the house of Jacob. The house of Jacob... What does Jacob's name mean? Jacob's name means... Uh, what's another word for Jacob? It means Israel. So if you look at... If you look at when the angel wrestled with God in the, in the back in the Old Testament, back in Genesis, God changed his name, and he changed his name from Jacob to what? Israel. So he's going to rule over the house of what? Israel. God's house. God Meaning not just the Jewish... Physical Jewish nation of Israel, but God's people, meaning His eternal people, His people for all eternity, and His kingdom will have no end. In other words, His rule will have no end. Some kings last longer than others. Like, for example, like Queen Elizabeth, probably been um, on her throne probably oh, sixty plus years, a long time, longest of any monarchy, uh, any English monarchy. And hers is not, she doesn't actually have a lot of power. But the reality is, is that um, Jesus is, I I make that point because Jesus' rule and Jesus' reign goes from all eternity. It doesn't end. He doesn't end. It's all power and all might. Verse 33, it says, 34, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? She was saying, How can this be? How can the... possibility of this be was she questioning God's ability to do this what she was saying was is that I don't understand she wasn't questioning God's ability to be able to do it like Zachariah did Zachariah, if you, if we looked at last week Zachariah was questioning God's ability to do it he was saying well my wife and I are don't you know God that my wife and I are both well advanced in years we can't have any more kids Mary saying, I, I don't understand it. But she wasn't doubting what God was saying. And that's the difference. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So in other words, God's going to supernaturally, through His Holy Spirit, put a seed inside of Mary. The seed of God. So the child that will be born will be fully God and fully man. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, and the power of the most high will overshadow you. For that reason, a holy child will be called the Son of God. In other words, God's holy child. God, literally God's son. Emmanuel, God with us. In and verse, and verse 36, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth who was also conceived as son in her old age, she will be called barren, is now in her sixth month. So God has done even the supernatural miracle with who? With Elizabeth. And in her womb will be John, John the Baptist, who would be what the forerunner to, this, uh, to Mary's child. For nothing will be possible with God. Now, what was happening there had never happened before in the course of history. And sometimes if we haven't seen something, if we haven't seen something that has set a precedence for it, then it's hard to believe, isn't it? Something like this where God's Holy Spirit would come and place a seed inside of a person, and, their child, and she would conceive, and she would have a child, and she would have a son. Nothing like that had ever happened before. So that would seem impossible, wouldn't it? That would seem really, really, really impossible. But what we have to get in our minds, and this is what I remind myself continually, is: for nothing is impossible with God. We we're finite in our thinking. You know what I mean by finite? Finite means we think in limited terms, in limited sense. We 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 think in uh, spaces. We do. We. We, we, we begin, and we, there's a beginning, and there's an end. With God, there is no beginning, because God had no beginning. And with God, there is no end, and he will have no end. And so, his way of thinking and his way of doing are infinite. They go beyond our thinking. They go beyond our limitations of our finite minds. And that's where faith comes in. And faith comes in and says, I don't understand like Mary did. I don't understand this. Because, God, you're saying something and doing something that's beyond what I can even think or I can even imagine because I've never seen something like this before. How could this be, God? How could this be? Do we have circumstances in our life that are seemingly impossible? I do. I'm sure we all do. Where it doesn't seem like things can happen. Where things can work out. Or when things can... Um, where God can do a supernatural work there. seen beyond the realm of physical pro- po- possibility, doesn't it? Well, at least that's the way in our own perception, in our own minds, in our own hearts. But in God's eyes, in God's heart, remember, God has a purpose and a plan that he wants to accomplish, doesn't he? In each one of our lives. And not only in our lives, but in, in his church, in the church universal for all generations. And God wants to do the impossible with us. There's a song, that I, love, I love contemporary Christian music. We listen to it all the time in the car. As a kid, so I always have it on and, um, for it's one of the songs that the line says, it, it, it's a, with the, the impossibility, it's God, it's a reality. Nothing is impossible with God. And we have to come to a place in our lives where, deep down inside, we have to come to a place where we come to terms with that. That God has a wonderful purpose for us in our lives, doesn't he? Not just for us again, but for his church. And that he wants to accomplish in us that which is seemingly impossible. That we seem impossible, that we see as not being able to happen. But that God wants to accomplish and what God wants to do. But here's the caveat, here's the thing that he wants for us to believe. And he has the same heart as Mary. And Mary said to her, verse 38, Behold, the bond bondservant of the Lord may be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary said, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord. What she was saying, Here I am, God. I'm your bondservant. In other words, I'm your, I'm your servant. Do with me whatever you want. I don't understand it. It's impossible. Seems impossible. But God... Use me however you want to use me. Here I am. Here I am, God, and do in me, and accomplish what you want to accomplish in me. Do what you want and to do in my heart. And may it be done to me according to your word. Not my word, but according to your word. And that's the thing I think we have to come to terms with. Remember, God's plan. Not our plan, but his plan. God, accomplish your plan in me. Whatever that plan looks like. Here I am, God. I'm your servant. Do in me whatever you want to do, whether it's, it's impossible, whether I understand it or not. Do in me and accomplish your purpose. Because I know your purposes are good, aren't they? We have found favor in the eyes of God, haven't we? Absolutely. And that's what He wants to accomplish. And that's what, where Mary was this young 16 year old girl who's going to be probably uh, one of the most um, uh, remembered persons for being able to come to a place where she said, yes, God. And that's where we need to come to in our own place to put the application and practical terms in our own lives. When God presents with us and God gives to us and those little things and the big things as well, believe in God and saying, yes, God, here I am, do in my life, do with me whatever you want, however you want to do it. Because God, I want your purpose and I want your plan to be fully accomplished in my life. I want your plan to be carried out God, do in me. Here I am. I trust you, God, even though I don't understand it. I trust you to do the impossible. Help my own. And one of the things I say, God, is, God, help my unbelief. Help me, help me believe, God, even when I struggle with my faith. Help me to believe, God. And you watch what God does. And watch what God will accomplish in and through our lives. And look what he did through Mary. Look what he did through Mary. And look what he can do through us, each one of us, as we trust him to do the impossible. Amen?